the name of our crucified Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. The theme for our midweek Lent services this year is the Passion of Jesus according to St. John. When you hear of the Passion of Jesus, it can be a little confusing. After all, when we hear the word passion, we think of a very strong emotion or an extreme interest in something, such as a passion for collecting coins. However, the word passion comes from the Latin word meaning to suffer. Thus, in the church, we're using the original meaning of the word passion. The term passion narrative is used primarily to refer to the accounts given in the canonical gospels of the suffering and death of Jesus. The accounts begin with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and end with the burial of Jesus after his death. The Passion of Jesus, according to St. John, begins with his arrest there in John 18. There's a moment in this account that can be a little puzzling, but in reality, it is a most revealing moment. Judas leads a band of soldiers and officers to the Garden of Gethsemane as he knows where Jesus will be. Jesus does not flee from those seeking him in the garden, just the opposite. Here's what happened. Jesus came forward and said to them, whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, something startling happens. As Soon as he says, I am he, they draw back and fall to the ground. What's going on here? They're the ones with swords and spears. They're the ones seeking Jesus. But as soon as they hear Jesus identify himself as I am he, they fall down. What's going on here? It's a little bit puzzling. Well, what's going on here is that that's really not what Jesus is saying. I am he, just a self-identification. What he really says is I am. Jesus is identifying himself as the great I am. He's reiterating what he has said earlier in John 8:58. There Jesus had said, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. And remember that in Jerusalem, Jesus had not only proclaimed himself as I am, that is the God of the burning bush who told Moses, I am who I am. He had done great miracles in Jerusalem already. In John chapter 5, he had healed the invalid by the pool of Bethesda. In John 9, he does this really marvelous miracle, a miracle never performed before. He healed a man who had been born blind. And finally, right outside of Jerusalem, a little town called Bethany, he had done something that was absolutely beyond anything ever done before. He had raised Lazarus from the dead. A man whose body had been in the tomb for four days and his flesh had begun to rot. Jesus had raised Lazarus. And remember, Lazarus also comes in with Jesus on Palm Sunday. Jesus not only claims to be Yahweh, the God of Israel, he does miracles to show it. The drawing back and the falling down of the soldiers, the chief priests and Pharisees is one of fear. They're scared of Jesus. Their thoughts might have been like this. What are we doing here? He has all this power. Will he destroy us? However, because of their continued hatred of Jesus, and Jesus also does not show divine power this time, they go ahead and arrest and bind Jesus. 
They are so blinded by their unbelief and the rejection of Jesus that they go ahead and arrest him who had done these great wonders. This reminds us of the sorcerers of Pharaoh who see the plagues in Egypt and even say that they're the hand of the God of God, yet they do not turn from their false gods and they still oppose Israel. Later in the Old Testament, the Philistines will capture the Ark of the Covenant. They will take, take the Ark of the Covenant and put it in the Temple of Dagon. The next day, the statue of Dagon is laying face down towards the Ark of the Covenant. Well, they put the statue back up. The next day, the head of Dagon, the head of the statue has been cut off, and both his hands have been cut off, and the statue is again laying face down before the Ark of the Covenant. Yet, even after this show of power by Yahweh, the Philistines still continue to worship their gods and goddesses, and they continue to persecute Israel. You hear the story of Jesus' arrest, that he confesses to be Yahweh, the great I Am of the Old Testament. John makes it clear that Jesus is God incarnate. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. The entire Gospel of John makes it clear that the one true God who created the heavens and the earth is now in the flesh. When you consider that Jesus is God incarnate, the Almighty God in the flesh, it is indeed quite staggering. To fall back and to fall to the ground before him is then very appropriate. However, God in the flesh walking around Jerusalem is not just an ooh and ah event. To be in the presence of Jesus is to be in the presence of Almighty God. Rather than being like the soldiers and the Pharisees who fell back from fear and yet arrested Jesus and yet still ate at Jesus, we're to look at the examples of Isaiah and Simon Peter. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah sees the Lord on his throne in glory, and his reaction is to say, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. In the Gospel of Luke, after Jesus causes a miraculous catch of fish, Simon Peter falls down before Jesus and says, Depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. To be in the presence of God by ourselves can only lead to our own realization of how unworthy we are, that we are sinners. But in each of these stories in Isaiah 6 and in the Gospel of Luke, the story continues. Isaiah's sins are forgiven, and he's commissioned to be God's prophet. In Simon Peter's case, Jesus does not reject Peter, but instead calls him to be a fisher of men. Jesus comes to save sinners. And that is why the great I am is in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's why he allows himself to be arrested, to save sinners. That God becomes incarnate is because of our sin and our need for his salvation. The word by whom all things were made desires the salvation of his created mankind. The first Adam was in a garden and he sinned. He hid from God in shame. He was expelled from the Garden of Eden, and from Adam we have all inherited original sin. And we also have actual sin. We sin against God in thought, word, and deed. For example, we confess the Apostles' Creed. We believe that God is almighty, holy, and omnipresent. Yet, how many of our private thoughts are violations of his commandments? How often do we succumb to selfish desires? 
And how often we just plain ignore God, the almighty Lord of the heavens and the earth. Jesus is there in this garden to undo the sin of Adam from that garden of Eden. Adam hid himself because of sin. Here Jesus shows himself openly and gives himself willingly because of our sin. He is there to be arrested by his own creatures. He knows that he is there to be mocked, beaten, spat upon, and then cruelly killed on the cross. He who knows all, who has all power, and who orders all of life is willingly following a path to death on the cross. He will give up his life for our lives. That the incarnate word by whom all things were made is being arrested should take us aback. It's an incredible scene when we realize that the Lord of all has willingly allowed himself to be taken prisoner by these hateful men. However, that is not what truly should take our breath away. What is most amazing about this scene and the whole passion narrative that culminate is that the whole passion narrative will culminate in Jesus of the cross saying, it is finished and gives up his spirit. And this is the act of love of God on the cross for you and me. The gospel of John is good news of God loving us enough to give us salvation. Remember, it's in the gospel of John that you hear these words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The word becoming incarnate is because of love. The ministry of Jesus, the word incarnate, is because of love. The whole passion narrative is one of love for sinners. His willingness to be arrested is because of love. His willingness to be bound as a common criminal is because of love. His hiding his divine glory and power so that he could be tried and executed on the cross is because of love. All Jesus said and all Jesus did was because of love. He loves so much that he might save us. Indeed, that is the theme of scriptures. From the burning bush, God desiring to save says, I am who I am. In the Garden of Gethsemane, God desiring to save says, I am. And our Lord, the great I am, the eternal God come to save, has redeemed you and he calls you his own, now and always. Amen.